0: The ensemble cast. that's like that's what movies are is like yeah. spotlight the big short. like all these great great movies that are coming out the post like street and hanks it's like it's all about three billboards it, three billboards it's all about the ensemble cast because people are getting smarter i think to an extent yeah they're knowing what to pick they're actually yeah it, it's well and i know
1: this is for the movie side of it and for those of you watching this is the f we're doing uh A round table, new show we're doing just for audio. And I'm here with Hennick. How you doing? And Jim. How you doing? And we, this is just us sitting down and just going crazy on all things movies. But we talked about restaurants and people are getting smarter in restaurants. I think people are also getting smarter about their
2: movies. Well, there is, there's, I think the younger generation is actually maturing faster. And because when I grew up, I didn't have the internet to really explore the world. Yeah. Whereas now people's expectations for what a movie does for them seems to be better and higher and that therefore the writing and the directing has to execute on a bit of a higher level. So it's, I think it's, there's a bit of maturity there.
0: Yeah, I also, but like, I also think, uh, in the past directors, movie makers, um, to an extent would pander to the, to the audience. And I think superhero movies are a great example of that. mm mm-hmm. Um, but now more than ever, people understand how much power or maybe movie makers, directors understand the power that their audience has. Like yeah. it's, it's far more, we pander far more to the people and what they want.
1: Well, and a lot of that is evident in when you look at the way, uh, movies marketed, marketing is a massive thing. You look at a Deadpool, Deadpool was 50% marketing, 50% movie, hundred and luckily the movie worked out. Um, I was talking to someone the other day in regards to, um, embargoes and embargoes are when reviews can be released. Right, right. People are wise to that. I'm more wise to it now than I was before. If if a studio decides to only release the review the day the movie is out, they don't have faith in the project. Fair.
0: What's your impact? What do you think a critic's impact is on your choice of a movie? I think this is a very big question that, that a lot is. of people... Uh, well, okay, let me put it this way. I scroll Netflix a
2: lot, Yeah. and I'll see something that intrigues me I might watch the preview potentially, but it'll intrigue me. I go right to IMDb. And I, I'm only because it's not, I don't let it justify whether I like the movie or not, but it will spark whether I invest the time to watch it or not. And that's my level of commitment to those
0: reviews. So you rely on people's reviews over critic reviews?
2: <sighs> Cause that's what I, I, I don't know. I, my, my general opinion on the, on the general public is they they're usually idiotic. So to say that, but at the same time, I'm not a critic fan either when your job is to tear something apart, but that is their job and they're experts. So in saying that, I probably would go, if I didn't feel politics were involved, I would probably listen to a critic way over the general public. Oh, okay. But a lot of people have the exact opposite opinion. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. My peers is what I, what I determine. Yeah. Uh, because they're regular people just like me and,
1: and I wanted, Take my advice from that.
0: And it type works for me regular tastes, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and for you, is that, like, do you value the review of a critic? Um, or do you, like, for you, it's no critics. I'm going to go see this and maybe I'll look
0: at a critic's review after the fact. I'll never let a critic decide whether I'll go see a movie. Cool. Um, I will read critical reviews simply to get a feel of what the movies, what, what I'm expecting. Cause. Yeah. A lot of people are like, "I just don't know what the movie is about. I want no expectations. Yep. I don't care about expectations. I usually set my own. But when I see critical reviews, there are specific critics that I'll I'll pay attention to. Yep. Um, but no, it doesn't impact my judgment of the film. It doesn't. I know Rotten Tomatoes has been
1: doing that. A lot of people and and people misunderstand what Rotten Tomatoes is actually there for. It's an aggregate site, right? So they pull the reviews there together. And I've mentioned it a bunch of times, just in our other shows and stuff. It's not. It shouldn't dictate the way the movie goes, but there are a lot of people that will look at a rotten review or a Rotten Tomato score, and that will dictate if they go see it or not. This—it's a awesome. mass. It's, it's so almost—it reminds me of Men in Black, where uh, Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> is saying he's like, "People are dumb, panicky, unreasonable, and stuff. A person is smart. It's smart. And yeah." And I'm paraphrasing because I said the opposite way. Uh, but it's just an aggregate of all that stuff. So, what's your cutoff? This is my question because I have a cutoff when I'm going through
2: Netflix. I check IMDb. Uh, if it's in the fives, I'm probably out. I'm probably not taking that chance unless it intrigues me past the point. But six and up, like, like I said, one of my sleeper movies is basic and it's rated like
0: 6.2.
2: And so if I love that movie and it's rated 6.2, I'm going to take a chance on a six plus.
0: Yeah. But like you can, can you not look at what a movie's about? Who's in it? Who the directors are? What the general idea is? And then look at the review and decide, well, that five looks a little bit ridiculous. I'm going to actually go check this movie out. Like, you can do that. And, and I could, I, that's what I, that's how I look at it. But it's considering the, the source.
1: Yes. That's the other thing. Like, I, I watch a lot of reviewers, but the reviewers that I watch are the YouTube ones. And now that I do reviews on YouTube, yeah. it's kind of, I do it in a way as if I was sitting here, just like with you guys, just talking about it. So, cause I'm not overly, I don't think further than I need to a lot of the times, unless it's a movie that deserves it. There are movies that deserve that. But the ones that I look at, they're just talking about it like they're just normal people. But I do have ones that most of the time I disagree with, but I still go back to them because they're able to articulate their point. And even if I disagree with somebody, Uh, if you can articulate your point to me and I get where you're coming from and I can see that in the movie, that puts you on my roster. So yeah, I do see it, but I do also consider the source because there are other ones that I've come across I don't disagree with them, and I don't disagree the way they're presenting their yeah. argument.
0: Yeah, and there's definitely critics out there that are like Sean Edwards from like Fox. It's like I will never ever listen yeah. to a review from him because he's it, his reviews look like he's getting paid to make these reviews.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of it's, and there's a lot of people yeah. that are like that. You're right. So seek out
2: credible sources for the reviews and go to go to them because you're right. We live in a world where the general public can just say. Any opinion they have without any right.
1: credibility or just
0: like you handle fake news, handle movie reviews. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, exactly. a lot of the times
1: is for me, I'll look at the premise. I'll look at, like you mentioned, who's directing it, who's writing it, what their last few projects are. All of yep. that you can kind of see. And if you've seen their movies, then that should, that should help come up with your own decision. And then from there, you obviously watch the movie and then you get your own, your own opinion on it. And then. Like you mentioned, you go after and you start looking at it because all that plays a role.
2: There are certain directors and writers and actors that I'm probably going to the movie, no
1: matter what. Like
2: I will not like when Nolan. No, well, no, straight up when Nolan released Dunkirk, Mm. I it didn't even get past like ten seconds. I was like, well, that's my next movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, like what are we talking about? This is Nolan. This is. In
0: my opinion. Okay, so don't. who are your three? Who are your three directors? <laughs> you see, you, you three. see three directors across the screen. Who are the three that you're like? Those are the three movies I'm watching this year. If they put out a movie this weekend,
2: like, my, well, I'm gonna give you my two guarantees because I only have two that I'm probably going to no matter what because of no, directing. According to your criteria, yes, only two. Okay. Fincher would be my three, but he's not a shoe in. He's not like I have to go.
1: Okay. I love
2: his directing style, but um. Chris Nolan is number one for me. I think he is a genius and Tarantino is number two. I think the way he writes in his dialogue and the way he creates characters and the writing is so, both those human beings, Chris Nolan and Tarantino, I believe they are the only two humans on earth that could do that the way they do it. I think a lot of people... It's like Prince in music. He's the only Michael Jackson in music. He, they're the only two that could right. do it okay. like that. So
0: you're not saying they're necessarily the best, but the way that they do it, nobody can it do it. That with me. Okay. Like
2: the writing of all of those movies of Tarantino and Nolan is just on a level to me that it, it actually blows my mind. I'm like, whoa, 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 I gotta watch that again. I have to really see the nuance of that dialogue that Tarantino creates at the beginning of every one of his movies. And I want to think about what was he thinking when he was writing that? What motivated him to come up with those characters talking about that topic? He might be the guy
0: that I asked that question the most about. Like, we're like, where did that even come from? Like,
2: I love it. But that's true genius. And Nolan, I mean, like, Inception for me is that movie that I've watched over 15 times. And I still question things. And that level of genius to me... I still think you give that movie too much love. I, I might because I absolutely love that movie and I think it's pure genius. Um And the second thing that I give Nolan credit for is taking the Batman series that I felt was always underserved and he elevated it to almost mass connection. Like anyone could have connected with that. You didn't have to be a superhero fan. Even though Batman by default has that naturally written into the story. People will flock and it's already in it and it's
1: already there. Yeah. But th- that's that's my Nolan right there. That's G. Um I'm going to go Scorsese, mm-hmm. I'm going to go Tarantino yeah. and then my third is really tough. Um I'm going between Kubrick, but I do love, uh, Fincher. So I think I might put Fincher, uh, at three. Uh, Nolan, I respect the hell out of him. I think he's, uh, right now, if you want to source, like if someone, like if if today someone was like, who is the guy? It is still Nolan. The movies that he makes, the, the movies that he makes are on such another level, uh, from a thinking standpoint, from an execution standpoint. Even Interstellar, which I know you guys love, Interstellar, right? Behind Inception, but love Interstellar. Wow. Yeah. I liked Interstellar in a lot of parts, but I think a part of it, a lot of it, is also it's over me, and maybe, and that's the beauty and that's the genius yeah. of Nolan. A lot of it was old, old over me. I felt I could pick more holes in Interstellar from right. a story standpoint and consistency and stuff For like sure. that than I would his other projects, but. That compared to some other movies is still a top tier movie and you have to respect.
2: I don't want to hear any insecurity about that going over your head, bro, because <laughs> I, I had to Google, research, go to critical reviews, yeah. double check sources. I was sitting there going like, okay, so Interstellar, what was that about? But I loved it. And that's why, because I normally don't like movies that would be considered difficult yeah. to watch, yeah. or that aren't easy, relaxing, yeah. flowing um, masterpieces. But for me, he challenges me in just enough way that it's in my realm of understanding, but just a bit out
1: of reach, and I love that. Yeah, that yeah, is you're the go journey for more. If you didn't care, and if he didn't do it so masterfully, you wouldn't care to investigate it more on your. Phone. Exactly, you're actually wanting to get to his level. yeah, yeah. and that like is that is a mark of of uh of a talent that is a mark of of a leader i guess in the industry if you want to put it that way um but yeah i would score says movies because goodfellas is probably my number one like it's my top movie
0: top five mine and my, sister, yes. my sister's like movie that we watch together
1: i watch goodfellas almost all the time probably throughout the year i'll watch it five or six times if it's on tv doesn't matter where it is I'm watching it and I'm finishing it and it's going to happen. All right? oh, I have
0: to say is the scene when him when Ray Liotta's walking in the back of the club to get mm. to this table at the front. Like, that yeah. scene alone yeah. for that movie is just, like, it's, transcend- it's amazing. It's transcendent. I will watch
2: Shawshank Redemption on TV any Friday, Saturday, Sunday night with the commercials while it sits
1: on my Apple TV and I will wait. See, Shawshank is another one. I Shawshank is a brilliant, brilliant movie and, like, one of those ones that uh, didn't get the love right out of the game. It took no, 20 it years. Did. It took a long time. Fight Club is another one, a Fincher one yep. that developed the Call Classic. Now when you look at it, I understand the gripes people have with it. It's, you look at it and it, it's got some stuff that doesn't hold up today. There's some underlining tones there that were great when it was made. It doesn't hold yep. up. Taking that aside as a movie what are we talking about here? Fight. Fight. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you bet you bet stuff you
2: talking about Shawshank. <laughs> no, 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 That holds up uh,
1: always. Yeah, actually Shawshank in this day and age, the way people look at other people and identities and all that kind of gives you a almost another perspective, specifically talking about the ending yeah. and how it tied up and yeah. how how it could continue from there in your own mind, which I think is quite forward thinking at the time that it yep. was released. Yep.
0: Um, I think that's why it didn't do so well. Yeah. Because I think it was actually a little bit ahead of its time.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, Tarantino. Tarantino movies. I, you can't, like you, you've already mentioned most of it. Uh, it's really tough to compete against a guy like that. Um, just because he knows who he's writing for. The fact that Inglorious Bastards didn't, wasn't, wasn't gonna get released unless Christoph Waltz showed up. Because he knew what that, who that character yeah. was. Yeah. Like, little att- details like that. We talked about John Travolta briefly before we yep. started this. Right now, he's a dud. And he was a dud for a while, and it was the one that came back to him. But that's because he understands Travolta more than Travolta understands yeah. himself. Yep. And he made a foolproof script for him to follow, and all he had to do was follow it, and it turned out perfect for him. Oh, that's that's yeah, Travolta's role. Yeah, he had his own nuance to it, but that was, that was it. Yeah, I
0: agree. Uh, Nolan. I think I yep. think we've now decided that it's Nolan. He's the best in the biz. Oh, like, is he your number one though? To, to go like, watch in a movie theater, even just top three directors like where top three directors. This is I just thought this was top three directors. Yeah, so, yeah. But you're right; it was to go see. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, still kind of, no, it still dictates. Nolan. All I have to say is the movie Memento, Prestige, and Interstellar. Like see. you make those three movies for me, yeah, and then you add in a transcendent movie like. Or a transcendent trilogy like the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. That took for the first time a superhero movie and didn't make it a superhero movie, like you were saying. Yeah. Where it was like, this movie should probably be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. Yeah. And potentially should have won. Yeah. I think. Uh, because of what it did. Uh number two, Clint Eastwood. Um Clint Eastwood has been a favorite of mine since the movie Unforgiven, the first time I saw it. Mm. Uh and the guy knows how to write and create characters that will crush your soul and make you super happy. By the way, the thing that's funny about Clint Eastwood is the way I perceive his, him as a man is zero emotion.
2: Well, Yet his movies make me cry potentially
0: more than any other like, director. <laughs> but like, nobody yeah. directs in the masculinity, masculinity that, that Clint Eastwood does. Like, his movies have a masculine feel to what his characters do. Like, the way they purvey emotion as characters is very masculine. Mystic River, Million Dollar Baby, like, all those characters. But the emotion of a masculine person who is stoic breaks you down even more. Like, that's why Clint Eastwood is so good. That is brilliantly said, actually, by the way. That's just the way it is. Million Dollar Baby crushes me every every time, single time. I've
1: seen that movie more times than I should. Like, for that emotional, like, (laughs) Requiem. I don't need that negativity in my life. Okay. I've seen it. I saw it once, a long time ago. Never have to see it again. (laughs) Million dollar baby, just everything leading up to it. But when that, that ending comes, it just, but everything leading up to it. And like you said, there was, the good thing was, is that, uh, you know, no pun intended. He never pulled punches with, uh, now I'm blanking on it. Swank's character? Swank's character. Yeah. Uh, he never, he never downplayed her at all. Like, you talk about masculinity, it's easy to do with men. Yeah. But when she's the only one there, he was able to, to just bring out su- such a tour de force for her character in amongst all these other people. I mean, you've got, you got Morgan Freeman there. If I remember correctly. You right, there? yeah. And he, and she out acts him. Yeah, yeah. And she has more of a presence than he does. And that's Which is so funny. Do.
0: Cause she's, She's had, like, only really two big roles that people have really respected her for, which yes. is Million Dollar Baby and Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. And it's, like, it's so straight. She'll be gone forever, and then she'll just come back, and she'll have this huge shit. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Clint Eastwood, for me, like, in Mystic River, the tension that you feel around Tim Robbins in that movie about the what really happened, what is going on... I don't like this character, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But he's not giving himself a chance. Uh, yes. And it, there's just so much discomfort. But in that discomfort, I loved watching it. Yeah. And he Clint Eastwood in – I guess he didn't write that, so I'm, this is more of a plot discussion. But that story is hard.
0: Yeah. And, like, one of the other things Clint does is, like, his environments. Like, when he creates, like, sets right. or, like, locations, it's like – those sets and those like like Mystic River is a perfect example. So I've been to Boston and, and been to those streets like that are in Mystic River movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I've lived there and it's like he nails it. Like you're just like it's I very feel- clean editing. Like it's very clean, but it always
2: has this I don't know what the edit um button would be, but it's almost like tone darker. It's yeah, like right, it's Fincher like has that color. really dark yeah, feel. It but it's it almost sense. like over the top dark feel. Yeah, yeah that is where it, it is seen as the most like seven is like whatever that's supposed to yeah. be dark
1: yeah. but
2: yeah. like yeah. social network that's supposed to be bright and uplifting and all of a sudden it just it has that feel but to me Clint Eastwood has that
0: yeah oh and it's like it's part of your style right like his shots are like that heavy contrast color. dark blacks light whites yeah. and it's just clean and it's got uh, this tone to it so yeah so Clint is the other and then of course, it's Tarantino. Like, you how can you not go see? Yeah, this he's got to be in there for. Tarantino is great because he's unapologetically Tarantino. Like, yeah. it's like you watch a movie that he's made, and you're like, "That is a Tarantino movie." You know I don't even need to know movie. who the director is. I just yeah. know watching it that Tarantino made this movie.
2: I'm surprised at all three of us being. You know, I'm not an expert. You guys are definitely more into movies than I am, but we all seem to agree because Scorsese would be my number
1: four. Yeah, yeah, so right we're not far off. Well, but and the thing is, the divide between these guys. I would, like, if even if you were to increase the five to ten, it slivers in It's
0: between. just style. It's yeah. just, like, on the style that it you is. prefer. Yeah, it has it nothing is. to do with whether or not those guys are good or bad or better directors. They're all phenomenal well, directors. And going back to Clint,
1: most of the movies that, uh, the thing that I take away from most of his movies is he's able to drag out a specific scene without overstaying his welcome, yeah. yet you're there and you're kind of, you're building up with it. Yeah. And very few people can do that. And I can't pinpoint how he does it. Back with Man With No Name, back with The Unforgivings, yeah. all those, a lot of the scenes are just, it's a build, it's a build, it's a build, it's a build. A lot of understanding. It keeps building. Yeah. But most directors, when they try to do that, they end up overstaying it and you lose it. At one point you're
0: like, okay, I'm done now. Right? Yeah. I would say oh, well, Tarantino he, risks that at times, he's by out, the way. So I was say. just going to say that. I was like, they're almost on complete opposite sides of the spectrum. Yep. Like it's, that's, I was literally it, just going to say that. The technique
2: is to create tension yes. and then to relieve that tension and almost create the next scene to be different and c- with a contrast to add a different emotion. So you're kind of on that roller coaster, yeah. but Tarantino actually gives you tension so prolonged that you're sitting there antsy and wanting it to move, and then when it moves, you feel that relief. Inglorious yes.
0: Bastard, when they're in the bar, and the, it's like... Yo. That was a phenomenal... I, well That's the that, best scene he's ever done.
1: No, I would argue the opening scene for Inglorious Bastard. Because that whole sequence from start to finish made me completely uncomfortable. And Christoph oh. Waltz, the way, like, the when Hans Landa sits down and the way he introduces himself and everything How like that... How
0: pleasant he is, like... And
1: the build-up there was... In the writing and the way he was conducting his investigation. Cause you knew he knew. He, you knew, like you could tell he knew everything. But you knew really, like, he knew. How would he know? Yeah. And then the second he does that turn and he starts talking about, uh, the owl and the rat. And uh, you could, you could see it. Slow like, build. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, when, when you notice, true. and I, and I, and I forget the other actor's name, but that's across from and you just see him. The more he's doing it, the more his hands starts shaking while he's yeah. doing his pipe. Yeah. And even though it was undercut slightly with him bringing out his pipe, yeah. it was such a short undercut, which was actually really... So Tarantino. So, yeah, that was the Tarantino in that scene until it eventually happened. Yeah. But just the bar scene and the and the intro was just like... Brilliant, but yeah. then you even go to... like And in that movie, I consider that movie just building up tension all across the board yeah. because you go to the cafe... And when he sits down with another, Shoshana, great, and crazy. St- just even, and you moment, know he knows. And when he stops, and when he stops the waiter, or makes sure that she gets cream, yeah. yeah, like even just that moment where it's just like you, it, it tricks you, but yeah. you know too, like it's yeah. weird.
2: Okay, so I have a quick question for you guys. We talked about four main uh, directors: so Clint, Nolan, Tarantino, Scorsese. What is their high and low point in the career like what is Nolan's low point
0: oh man I don't know if he's had a miss like I think that's why he's so good like I just yeah. I can't think of a miss
1: I'll say for me interstellar or the Dark Knight Rises but I think I put the Dark Knight Rises below interstellar okay by by uh, quite a bit only because I was quite disappointed with Dark Knight Rises it right. didn't feel like it was a movie he wanted to make and from what I understand there's some publications that have put up that he didn't really want to make it. He he did it. Okay, like just like, to confirm he, that because Dark like Knight wanted to finish but like Dark Knight was kind of like But plan. that
2: first scene yeah. in Dark Knight Rises is is amazing in the plane okay. when Vane yeah. starts talking. Whoa, you hear that voice? You are like, and I, I, I get why okay, you, you don't you like have me it. for three hours. Yeah. yeah, you have,
0: and like I get why you don't like it, G, because there are a lot of parts of it that even myself and and personally, yeah, my favorite of the three is Dark Knight Rises. Crazy. It's not the best done one. That's. Dark Knight some actually say it's Batman begins yeah. which I also think is a great movie. That's um, amazing See,
1: mm-hmm. movie. See, and the argument also is if uh, Dark Knight never had the Joker like take the Joker out of the Dark Knight. Oh, then I'd like Batman
0: that. begins as the better made, and made that, movie. And that's
1: where my divide goes too. I'm like it's such a joke. It he owns the int- everything. He's not there and yet he's there.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's he is the greatest villain on screen we have ever seen. The, Dar- I- the Dark Knight Rises
2: just doesn't flow as a movie. It's God, very choppy. God, is- All of a sudden he's in a cave. No, no 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 no. Now we're blowing up stadiums really rapidly without a lot of like build up. Yeah. Now they're in their sewer system. Yeah. It's like it was very choppy, but it was He just fed through that movie to get it done almost. Not him as in his directing clout. A lot of people say that. That's what it feels
0: (laughs) like. It just feels like it's really rushed. I think I just liked the themes and I think I liked the closure. Like, I I, I think that's what it was, but I 100% think that Dark Knight is the best man of the trilogy. There's no, I don't think I can even argue that, but, um, I see what you're saying about Dark Knight Rises. On the high though for Nolan? Like, what is, what is your favorite Nolan movie? Interstellar. It is it. Yeah. Yeah. Interstellar. Interstellar. I went to the. I lived in Boston at the time. I went and saw it three days in a row. So there was a movie Crazy. theater across the street from where I worked, and I went. I saw it the first time, and I was like, "I'm going tomorrow." And you have to see it. See yeah. mine. You have to see it in, 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 in the, the series. So,
2: so mine is in. If in an order would be Inception, The Prestige, Memento, then Interstellar. Those are his best three. No, that's like I'm just saying. Interstellar's four for me, not even number one, but it's number one for. But those are your best three Nolan movies for you. Your yes. favorite Inception is is like how uh, yeah, it's one so of that's my- your first. Yes, and then your very bottom. I'm gonna have to say Dunkirk, and I know what H is. H
0: is yeah. You're gonna lose it. I get it. That <laughs> is, I can't believe you just said that. That is, this is the best. that is ridiculous. <laughs> It's ridiculous. The fact that it didn't win Best Picture this year is a travesty okay. to the Academy. Stop. Let and me just give the academy. credit
2: it deserves. The sound editing, the cinematography, the the actual direction of it—great. I can appreciate. There's not really a main character, and there's a lot of subtle, quiet moments that build that tension. I love it. It's Nolan at his worst. It's still better than ninety-five oh, yeah, percent. So let me be clear about this, yeah. but with what i said earlier about how i expect him to write me something that takes me to another level and makes me question everything that that story alone wasn't that did it feel insane less nolan to me. than the
1: other than the ones who appreciate the most it's
2: the one time where i think actually nolan could be replaced wow and yes i do i i that's a bold statement and i say that kind of loosely yeah, i think that's movies, movies
0: are subjective so i think that's his crowning achievement Dunkirk right. is his crowning achievement. Over, it's okay, like. So uh, in, in,
1: in, what way? Like, let's say
0: over so, interstellar let's So say. one of the biggest, so one of the biggest, like, obviously you nailed a lot of, like, sound editing. Um, the score even. The story, guys, is brilliant. Like, his theme of time, like, is, and theme of time is throughout all of Nolan's movies. Like, they're all there. That's a good point. And, Very like, point. the way his movies are lined up, they're okay. never linear. So, like, he took that to the extreme in Dunkirk, and I think he beautifully, he, like, he beautifully executed and it all finishes at the same time. One hour, one day. What is it? One hour, one day? Uh, I'm one like week? Two. Something like that. Yeah. So, and like, and then at the end of the movie, they all come together. Sorry about spoilers. Um. It's been out for a while. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then everyone's biggest gripe is like, there's no characters in it. There's no, the character is the story everybody contributes to the story to make one character but i didn't know i didn't
2: know about the story of dunkirk about this you know them having to escape this this like like choke point of of something like the greatest retreat in like war history there was something about it that i did i didn't connect to that It, it was underwhelming the story to me the actual story of that choke point being a bunch of soldiers that need to get saved there was something that fell short and that's why i put it at the bottom but again
0: Is him at the bottom connection. yes i i but even i would say you're that, not the only one cuz like yeah. i have a lot of friends that are into movies as much as we are and they all say the same thing they're like i didn't think dunkirk was that good and i was like and it's i guess masters. it depends on what you're looking for
1: too cuz on what you connect with you connected with the story more and i i don't buy into the um, I don't buy into the complaint of people. Oh, there's no character and stuff like that because he was going with something different. We 100%. didn't have to worry about, I mean, we obviously worried about the people there, but it was what he constructed out of it yeah. and what he created and the tension that he brought into it. And, <laughs> uh, the, the, again, going back to how that tied in with the sound. Whereas for you, yeah, I can understand you didn't have that connection with anybody and you're forced to connect with what's going on
0: is, as opposed to
1: any, any one person or any five people or any you know, groups of stories that are connected right. to this event. Which, which makes sense.
0: I get that. I do. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. I just think he got snubbed this year hard. That's fair. There, the you know one
1: this year, Oscar-wise, there was a lot There's of It was one of the best Oscar years. It sure. was a very good Oscar. Yeah. There was, ve- there, I don't think there was any, any moment there that I was actually, you know, really looking at a category and saying like, you know, these three people don't need to be in here. There's been years where it's been yep. like that. Yep. Um I would put I would honestly put the prestige at its highest. I can't argue that. I can't I, argue that. I adore the prestige. So and especially I. because when I first saw the prestige, I didn't know much about Christopher Nolan That's at exactly all. That's exactly how I went prestige. And I think I was almost too young for that movie. Then I rewatched it again. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever. Seen. It's. I was, I was, I was blown away. Uh, Memento is very close because once I saw Prestige, I went back to Memento. The uh Batman trilogy, I put as a, you whole, put as a whole. Yes, it's kind of like <clears throat> the first two. It's a bounce back and forth again. Three, I've already, uh I've already, you know, said my stuff about, but it's really tough because I think between. Three and Interstellar might be my bottom, but it goes to the argument of it being, you know, that's better than 90% of the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. uh, Interstellar for, it was, it was a, it was an issue with the way that the story was put together and how it abandoned itself at the end. Now, the argument could be made that, you know, it's about love. It, it is. And, and, and not that I have a hate on love or anything like that, but Anne Hathaway's character, Abandoned what I felt her character was for love. Then the Matt Damon thing, which I thought was pretty interesting and, and pretty crazy. They could have cast anybody, I think, for that. They, they did. didn't need to do. They
0: did it because Matt Damon wanted to be anything. it.
1: Yeah, uh, that part almost felt like more of a detraction from it. Yeah, uh, not to say that they could have taken it out. I don't know how the movie would have gone without it.
0: I agree. Um, I agree. That's the part that they didn't just take for out.
1: For me, the way that it ended up going uh, and the way that it ended up being and how. You know, he just so happened to be the guy that found the coordinates out of nowhere. And then they're like, okay, now we're fast forwarding. We're going up.
0: Yeah. So it
1: was pacing issues. It was some of those plot lines and an abandonment of some of the characters that we had gotten. Now, I'm not saying characters can't grow, but it felt like Anne Hathaway's character was, boom, Mm -hmm. Uh, we need to do this and abandon all this for love. Yeah. yeah, And then the whole black hole thing and everything with Murph and everything was for love, right? It just... Didn't add up for me. And most of the time when I look at it and the more I, you know, look into movies, uh, and, and how I've appreciated and respect the hell out of Christopher Nolan's movie, when I go back to like a prestige, cause you're gonna compare his movies to his movies. 100%. I don't compare Interstellar to a Tarantino movie.
0: You can't. You
1: can't. Right? So that's where I have my grasp with him, And
0: like, I get that. And like, I need to make this clear. When a movie is about space. <sighs> yeah. And like, it's done that well. Like first time I saw Odyssey two thousand one, oh, it's like geez. it doesn't matter. It's, it's already my favorite. anniversary, by the way. I know, crazy, no, crazy. So like that, that that has to be no, yeah. Um, okay, my yeah. top three. So Interstellar's number one. It's yeah. a personal favorite. My original personal favorite from Christopher Nolan before Interstellar came out was The Prestige. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the best put together movies I've ever watched. That much. Like.
1: And, he, he, and Hugh Jackman, too, like, you expect
0: he's it from Christian Bale. He's, he's Like, he really brought out excellent. Hugh Jackman. Like, Bowie as Tesla, like, it was all great. Oh man, that was fantastic. Um, and like, I think, they, I think in the movie they explain the magic trick, like, what, like, show something ordinary, then show that it's extraordinary, yep. and then, and then, pre- you got your and then you got your prestige. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, what is it, the, Something, the turn, and then yes. the prestige.
1: Yeah. The pledge, um, the pledge, the turn, the prestige. There you go.
0: And so the movie is lined up exactly the way as how the magic, so magic is, right? Really it's right. like there's yeah. the pledge, there's the turn, and then there's the prestige, and the prestige is... Can we talk about how the illusionists popped up a year later? <laughs> it's like, who was who he sniffing
2: out in Christopher Nolan's crew to find out what he's up to and just pop like
1: people get those mixed up yeah. for those non Nolan
2: loving. That happens oh, a couple. Man. That happens
0: a
1: couple of times, and I forget the last one, but that one's the one I remember the most. Is because it was Prestige and then Illusionist. <laughs> yeah. And I watched the Illusionist. I'm like, I don't like. It's it. Not it's not even close. Like, it's <laughs> not
0: even close. And I love Paul Giamatti
1: he's me too, as Lemmy. I he's phenomenal. He
2: is
0: hungry for that magic. <laughs> in the he Illusion. was in a movie <laughs> that made me hate the Oscars, which was Sideways. Oh um, yeah. And I thought that Sideways should have won Film of the Year that year. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm a huge apology of fan because of America's Splendor. Mm. Um, and then my number three, um, it's really hard for me because I, I want to say um, Dunkirk because it is his masterpiece. But I have to put the Batman trilogy in there. It has to be in there. Like as a whole. It, it, yeah. It just, yeah like, and you, it's tough it's to just, have one without the other. It's just Nolan. It's yeah. like that's – I think when you talk about Nolan, there are three movies you have to talk about. Memento. Yeah. Because it's his first movie where people are like, this guy's for real. Yeah. Dark Knight trilogy. And Dunkirk.
2: And that's the thing. Oh. real? So Prestige is not in there? Inception isn't in there? The three you have to
0: talk about? I'm, I'm saying you have to talk about them as the points in Nolan's career that are the most notable. Like, for me. Like, when I look at Nolan and I look at his body of work, there are three points in his career. There's Memento when he started. There's a Dark Knight trilogy that made people know who he was. And then there yeah. was Dunkirk where he's like, I can also direct brilliant films. Like, those are the three fi- right. films that you have to talk about when describing Nolan.
1: It's like his benchmarks. Yeah. And then, then, then every, all the brilliance in between kind of thing. And anyway.
0: Memento set the tone of how he does movies, like non-linear, um, like the way he describes and moves his characters throughout his movies. It all starts at Memento and then it continues on. Well, for sure.
1: And I think with Memento, it's, it's almost less of a, it's non-linear because he's, he's established that in his other stuff. But I think what it is, is fully realized story. And, okay, I think, yeah. like, and I think, like, I think what with, with Nolan, it is he. Interstellar
0: took him eleven years. I know that is no joke, and a part of that is because of the science. Like, and that's why yeah. Interstellar for me is so good because the science yeah. is, is so good. But he, it, it, you know, uh
1: you, you talk about people that have that kind of work on the fly, and you can tell that because sometimes the movie shifts in tone and changes and yeah. all that, and they have a drop. He knows what he's doing from yeah. start to finish. Yeah. Uh and, and Memento is it was a is a perfect I think example for it being his first one. It just shows like, no, I can not only construct this story that you're just kind of confused the entire way you're going until you realize what happens and then at the end you're like, I haven't like like a prestige. Yeah. Then you have to go back and you're like, How did I not know anything about Fallon? And I and like I'll like I don't notice a lot of stuff that some people pick out. Like some people are like, Oh, I've noticed that before. Sure, you did. Yeah. And hey, if you did, good for you. But for me, like, that is a reveal. You're, you're right. <laughs> Going back to David Fincher, uh, another person, Fight Club, when I first saw it, the more I've seen it, the more I pick up of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see dirt and popping in there more and more. There are some stuff where you can poke holes in the plot and stuff. For sure. But, again, it's a fully formed – it's obviously based on a book as well. Right. But being able to translate something like that and, and do it in the way that he did was another kind of force that, you know, Nolan showed in Memento in space.
0: Yep. And, and I th- yeah, and I think Dark Knight, the Dark Knight trilogy, was the first time where I was like, "Oh right, Jonathan Nolan is a master storyteller." Like yeah. the, he, or sorry, Christopher Nolan and Christopher Jonathan, Nolan. Nolan, and Jonathan and his, Nolan and his, yeah, his the Nolan brothers, brothers yeah, writing the stories, like they are just master storytellers. Yeah. Like they just know how to tell a story. And they do On know.
2: that topic about calling the end of movies, though, I will give myself a lot of credit that as a young man, I called Sixth Sense before it hit the ending.
0: No, you did. One
2: hundred percent did. I remember looking at my sister and going, this is what's going to happen. And it was bang on. And that one fooled me. it. It fooled me for
1: sure. I didn't see it until I was already spoiled. Like when I saw it, I already knew it was. Uh, not, you it realize, kind of like so though. I missed out on that part of getting. Let's break this down, though. He gets shot at the beginning.
2: Yeah. Uh, His wife, they never have a conversation. He just talks to her and she talks to him, but it's never double engagement. Right. right. And the kid sees dead people. It, it's when you think back, although not many people caught it, and I get it
0: for sure. <laughs> how is that not getting yeah, caught? You're right. You're 100. Like after I saw it, I was like, "God damn! How did I know that?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, you know what? Though all the signs were there. That was yeah. the genius of M. Night, and he might yeah, actually it's... be the director that
0: fell off the most. He's the toughest director for me to talk about because, yeah. like. Six, like six set. Unbreakable. Like. I will, I will put Unbreakable as his
1: best. It movie, is his best movie. And I will also put it now when we're in the, the, the landscape of superhero movies, one of the best superhero movies. Yes,
0: it is. It is. He actually may have done them. He may have actually been the first guy to make a superhero a serious movie. He may have actually done it before it was, Christopher Nolan.
1: That movie. Like. That movie is amazing.
0: M-Knight
2: is up to no good. <laughs> like, that's a, all yeah. I can say is what just, I, we we shouldn't even talk about him because it's. It's I It's, 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 it's really what we talk about because well, he's was, not here. I will.
1: I refuse to talk about him behind <laughs> his back. He's not here to defend himself. I, I, I watched the visit though. Have you seen the visit? The visit. I have not. It's what is the first one he came back with, which was like, it's a it's good. Really, it's it's it kept split me. Split was away. it was
2: a train wreck. I, I liked
1: good. split especially when I found out. How it connects and it's part of it's all, a trilogy. It's of it. part of a trilogy. And I re- I'm a big fan of James McAvoy. So I am too. I really like James McAvoy. Uh, ever since the movie Atonement. Uh, see, I will put it ever since Filth. I haven't seen there's, Filth. There's, a, there's a movie he was in called Filth where he mm-hmm. played, uh, and for those of you who haven't seen it, go check it out. I won't say it, but he does you know kind of a intro level to what you kind of see in split uh, and and it's extremely well done and it's not from M Night but it was one of my favorite it's one of my favorite James McAvoy ones It's twisted it's crazy but yeah split i i i liked it i liked it i didn't, I, liked it too. I didn't love it but i loved the concept of it more than the movie itself 100% you know? i i could not wait to watch that
2: movie i was yeah. like m night can be a genius when he tries yeah. he has it in him <laughs> when he gives it any effort at all he jumps, could be a genius he's the spielberg yeah. like he did when he has a legitimate day.
0: idea that works yeah Th- that
2: movie is the epitome of something that built me up and just completely let me down yeah. that's fair fair but i mean i don't I don't even want to explain i don't even want to yeah. waste too much time going too far into it
0: well all i have to say is a perfect example of m night Shyamalan's career is the movie science it's so good until it gets to the point where like oh it's it's just water Yeah, that's what beats them. Oh, so they landed on a planet that was 70% water. And it's just water. Yeah, like... Okay, great. It's like, bro, how did you miss this? He did it with the
2: the village, too. I I didn't mind the village. Oh, I like the village. I think that is him at his number
1: three highest. For me, it had the same thing that science had, where towards the end, I was just like, well, this is just dumb. Uh, Sure. There there are some turns that happen that people buy into, and some people don't. Um, I didn't buy into that one.
2: Yeah, you fair. mean, like, it's it was, it was the weird. realism
1: of it was so. Maybe, and the fact that there, what it looked like was more like, anim- like, it looked like, uh, I'm trying to remember, I haven't seen it for a very long time, so bear with me here. But just the, the, the reveal, his, his reveal, and, it's uh. very it, underwhelming. It, it was underwhelming, it was, it felt cheap, it felt like, like you could have done something better than this, hmm. uh, in comparison to that. Signs was the same kind of thing, it was yeah. kind of like, oh, whatever, stupid. Um, the and happening. They showed the
0: alien. I wish the happening was, yes.
1: is is one of those.
0: <laughs> We're laughing because the whole time. You're like, what's happening? But
2: it's <laughs> a thematic <laughs> movie about how the environment. It's it's actually about how we are punishing the environment. The environment's yeah. coming back at us. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, no, I, I don't. Like when you cast Mark Wahlberg as a
0: science teacher. <laughs> don't, don't you science, don't guys? Don't you care about science, guys? <laughs> science. Tell them about science.
1: Outside. and like <laughs> the guy talking about the hot dogs and everything like oh uh, it's so bad it, it's one of those uh i put that up in those so bad it's good like the, like that. almost like the room have you ever seen the room the room oh man this movie uh so james franco recently did his movie called oh. the disaster artist oh right and right. it was based off the room from tommy Wiseau and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like that and the room is one of those it's so terrible yeah yeah.
0: i've actually i i've seen parts of the room parts i wanted of, yeah. to know
1: who Tommy
0: Wiseau is? I wanted to... Like, I'd heard of him and, like, I'd heard about this movie that was so bad, it was good. Yeah, and, and it's such a cult follow. It's so ridiculous. It. Like... Everything about it. How did he even get money to make that movie? He financed it himself. Apparently, he financed it himself. N- nobody
1: but. knows where his money comes from, but he's super rich. No one knows what his age is because he doesn't tell anybody. No one knows where he comes from. I think he, uh, I think he said was, he was from... From Boston or something, or he's from, from Chicago or it's something like that. Clearly He's, not. he's in a, his own enigma and the fact that this movie existed and it happened. But then when you look at the disaster artist from that perspective, it's actually a beautiful story. Yeah. Like well, I, I really enjoyed the disaster. It's like an
0: American, it's story. like, it's like the American dream story. It is. Yeah, like that's what is. Tom Rizzo is or whatever yeah. his name is. But
1: so then, uh, when we're, so we're talking, we talked, uh, in Nolan and now we're going to, in terms of Tarantino. His best and his worst. Ooh.
0: His worst even though I enjoyed it, would be Hateful Eight. I'm with you. Um his best (sighs) That's a tough one. That's a tough one. So you like if I'm gonna there's three that always come into my mind. Glorious Bastards, Mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction, and then a personal favorite of mine, Jackie Brown. So underrated. Uh, so underrated, understated, I, Jackie, Brown, Jackie is amazing. Brown is phenomenal. So like those are my three Tarantino movies That's that I like, my Brown. personal favorite is Jackie Brown. Yeah. But I think it has to be Pulp Fiction. Like. Oh, Pulp Fiction
2: it's like, with its dialogue, its acting, its action. And it was Tarantino's its, coming out. Part. It's comedy touches. It, he, it was him coming out, but in the biggest way possible. And it was
0: the most Tarantino movie he's ever made. Big time. It's the that most Tarantino is, When, like when you think of Tarantino, Kill Bill,
2: Kill Bill is very Tarantino to me, it too. Is.
0: It is.
1: I would say, though, when you're looking at if someone's going to say, like, uh, you're going to pull Tarantino's style, you're going to pull everything in Tarantino's trunk. I mean, he's still got stuff. Actors included. Really, actors included in Pulp Fiction
0: as a package. As a package. Yep. For
1: sure. Yep. Jackie Brown so underrated.
0: And you know the, like, Bridget
1: Fonda is my girl. <laughs> She's awesome. I love Bridget. Oh, every like that movie was so so good and like it was one of the ones I got late to. Uh I didn't get like I got, too. I got way too late into that me one too. but I'm actually glad when I saw it because I loved it when. I, I, thought, I thought you said you got laid on. too. Oh, I no. was <laughs> like, "Man, me too." <laughs> <laughs> Blood brothers. Blood brothers. <laughs> so for you uh top Tarantino and low Tarantino. Did you say you're Lois Tarantino? Yeah, you said yeah. Hateful Eight.
2: You said Jackie Brown and Lois is Hateful Eight.
0: Even though Hateful Eight's great.
2: Um, I'm going to agree with Hateful Eight as low. It has. It kind of has to it be. It almost seemed
0: like a movie. He just almost snuck out. It was weird.
1: Hmm. And he, and he puts so much of his own personal want and need into that movie. Yep. The 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 fact that he was doing it like a caravan and it had intermissions and everything like it's that. it's a slow burner and like you've never it seen, is, and that's yeah. why it's so
0: good. Like yeah. I do they're, love
1: slow burners. Yeah. they me, yeah. And, and and again, when you've got writing like that,
0: yeah. So he bought table.
2: It seems like he was the guy that he's like I. I can do a quick movie and make
1: millions. But yeah. <laughs> I expect more from him. I don't know. Well,
2: but he takes risks. Didn't
1: do as well as, uh, as he expected. It cost him a lot of money to do that one in terms of like the rolling out party and then the caravan oh, yeah. and everything I'm, like that. Yeah. And it wasn't as appreciated as he wanted it to be. That was. Don't worry, Tarantino. Sense.
0: I got you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it's
2: like we said, it's still Tarantino and it's better than most, exactly. but that movie, I don't know if I would watch again. And I, weird I for can me get to on board it. with that.
0: I I couldn't watch it simply because it's a slow burner, and slow burners once you've seen the ending, it's not so slow burning anymore. It's just boring.
1: Especially exactly, especially in the Who It, <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> exactly. right? Like yeah. when, when that Who Done style, <laughs> same with the Sixth Sense. When I when right. I I saw it and I'm like, I didn't get the hype. Obviously, it was spoiled for me. But even if so, when you look at it, once you get the reveal of the Sixth Sense, yeah, the rest of the movie is just whatever. Like, it's nothing groundbreaking. No. Um, it it has to be Pulp Fiction.
2: It just it has to be, and it's hard. Like I would probably say, Inglorious Bastards would be number two for me, but I have to give it to Kill Bill one for
0: what it did for me at that
2: time. I'm so
0: happy you picked
2: one over two because most people pick two over no, one.
0: Nobody
1: picks two over one. That's insane.
0: The scene where she grabs the samurai sword, like at Hanzo's like yeah, like... yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think the only good thing about the the best thing I got out of uh, Kill Bill two was, uh, the Superman and Spider-Man, uh, monologue that he has. Ah. That is one of my favorite ones. And I've, I've taken it to like, when people are talking about, well, why do you like Spider-Man more than Superman? And I, I talk about that. <laughs> and I, you know, like just that, that story and the way he's describing and how he gets those two yeah. characters. I was yeah.
2: like, it's amazing. The anticipation of two, I'm a sucker for if you make me anticipate something, it really has to live up and, and two didn't live up to it. Yeah, I, It was longer. It was way more dialogue, but it was drawn out. Um, and it went a little
1: too off, like, sure show the training montage because that wasn't yeah. the second one, right? Yeah. You've seen it for a while either. Um, it went too into the realm of, you know, everyone's saying Tarantino just, you know, Steal stuff that he's already seen. He uses yeah. other stuff, but he's Six, able to 70s deliver. Baby, yeah. yeah, exactly. That was like the one where I felt kind of derailed it a little bit and took away from it. I could have done without that training sequence, even yeah. though I love training montages. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: That was my thing. But Kill Bill 1, the way it, uh,
2: the thing I like about Tarantino is every movie has a bit of a theme. Like yeah. there was the, you know, the Holocaust theme. There was the, you know, Southern racism theme. There was the woman power theme in Kill Bill. And it's very.
0: There's a of lot is, of that actually. Some, some of it
2: power, is explicit. Yeah. Jackie Brown was a little bit of the woman power thing, but like sure. it's, it's yeah. some of it is explicit, but some of it is very like implied and subtle. Yeah. And he never acted like this is like a woman power movie, but it was good to see those actors, those female actors in that role, mm-hmm. like just. Take it over. Even though yeah. he's
0: getting, he's getting killed out here for his connections with Weinst. Oh, is he out uh, exactly.
1: Well, yeah. we're not going to discuss that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that might be for another,
1: <laughs> another one way down the road. Yeah. No, it's sad, like, and again, Kill Bill is one of those ones people usually just say they, they pack them together and they're but, like, Oh, I hated Kill Bill, but I don't think it's fair because yeah, one and two are drastically different. Two had some really good parts to it, but not as a whole. Kill Bill, part one. As a whole, start to finish, I enjoyed the hell out. There. Yeah, I loved it. The color in oh, Kill Bill, yeah. the, this, <laughs>
2: the fight scene where it just goes black and white long enough that you forget it's a color movie. Yeah. And then yeah. it kicks back in and you're like, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> and only you thought to do that to, again to create that tension to, at the moment the lights turn off, it reinvigorates you. And then when they turn back on, it reinvigorates, it invigorates you again. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that is, that is a level of directing that I just give so much credit for. To think of those, that
0: little nuances. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it is
2: to me. Yeah. And, uh, but I think as I age and mature, I think movies like Django and uh, Inglorious are probably going to live longer for me. Kill Bill is a more of a
1: youthful movie to me. Sure. Yeah. So, and I was young when I saw it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, probably going to go Pulp Fiction for sure because that was the first Tarantino movie I ever watched, ah. and then it led me to everything else. But. Between terror, between Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Those are my two I was too. just
0: about to say, I'm surprised Reservoir wasn't your first, because uh, that
1: was my first. Yeah, there's something about Reservoir Dogs. It's such a, uh, the way that he constructed that story, specifically the part with, uh, Tim Roth. I think it's Tim Roth? No. Yep. Yeah. Tim Roth. And... Being the undercover. Being the undercover, but that scene where he's training to be and how it led from one to the other. And it, it, it was, it was, that one was, that one was great about it. Everything about it was great. It was so contained. It was about a botched robbery yeah. and how these guys are dealing with it after. Um,
0: and it's just, also a very Tarantino like that. Tarantino that is also movie. very
1: and and yeah. just so so many iconic scenes in there. Uh, Mr. White, yep, yeah. like a character like Mr. White. Just no one could have written a sociopathic character. I don't think as much as Tarantino
0: <laughs> did. I don't think that anybody could write anything like Tarantino. No, no,
1: definitely. Like, <laughs> like, but even like just the way that he was. And the crazy part was is that. He was still charming as crazy, as, as psychotic and, as he was. Yeah, yeah. He was still charming when he's stuck in the middle will still always be the scene where the guy gets his ear cut off, but just when he's like, he's like moving back and forth and dancing along to it. And then he goes in. It's just these, it says these, it kind of like, it's got these peaks and valleys to his character that are just so nuanced in that. But, uh, yeah, pulp fiction for sure. Number one. And then I would say. I'm really torn. Um I think I would put Hateful Eight. I liked. I really liked Django until the end. What was it that you didn't like about the end? I felt it was convenient that he had. They let. They had him hanging. Yeah, yeah. About to singe off his stuff. Yeah. And yet he had his wanted thing in his pocket. You know what I mean? And then, t- like, unless they gave it to him because they were delivering him oh, off, see what you're you know saying. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, cause at the end of Django, they run into Tarantino, you're he's right. in it. You're right. And then he just so happened to know that in his pocket was his wanted thing for the money yeah, to get yeah. himself out of it and then do the shooting and stuff. Uh, it, that was one of those things where it kind of was just like, why would you end it like that? You
0: put now, that val, that's a valid point because I was gonna say, I thought you were gonna say, and it is eventually, it is what you said, was it just seemed like the end was just like, okay, we're running out of time, let's just tie this up and get, bro, get bro, it bro, finished. Bro, bro. done. Yeah, that was... Django.
1: That, but yeah, so, but I don't know if I'd put it at the very bottom because the rest of the movie, and DiCaprio... And Christopher Walsh again. And, and Christopher, Christopher Walsh Yeah. and, and yeah, like and the acting nod for sure, though. Yeah. right? Definitely, <laughs> yeah. And Jamie Foxx, like, I mean, the last thing I would ever credit Jamie Foxx in terms of acting would be uh Any Given Sunday. Or Ray. Or... Uh, or Ray, sorry, yeah, it can be, yeah, Ray and Ray. Sunday, <laughs> uh, uh, and then, uh, yeah, and this one, yeah, that was really good. Well, but I also, I also liked them in Baby Driver. Yeah. I know you're not a big fan of Baby Driver.
2: Uh, it again, it had so much potential. I wanted to like it. Right. It, it went too cheesy with me with the, the music and the dancing and the matching. But that was the and, point of it. I know yeah. it was, but it, it, I, I wasn't in the mood for a musical.
0: That, and uh, I don't like musicals, so I get that.
1: The going back to music though, what I do love about Tarantino as well is his and Scorsese is his ability to integrate music and how every song that has been there? in there yeah, every time like I told you, uh stuck in the middle, <sniffs> reservoir Dogs, Yeah. Right away. Like it's just gonna happen. All the music Girl You'll be singing, a woman soon, Pulp Fiction, oh, like Pulp Fiction. You think? Uh, Preacher Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many in there that when you hear them, it doesn't make me think of Dusty Springfield. It makes me think of Pulp Fiction and going right back to it. He's got a lot of – he does that. Scorsese is one of my favorites for that. And the reason is is because he's able to put in a song that perfectly emulates the character and the scene. And I'm going back to Goodfellas. The scene where De Niro is looking at that guy from the bar and Cream comes in –
0: Oh, and yes. he's
1: smoking his cigarette, and he's just staring him down, and it just hits, do 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 do, and just that look that he gives. Yeah, and, I, and I've seen the behind the scenes stuff where he's doing stuff. He's like, and he has not actually written, De Niro, cream, and I think like, that's his notes. And he works with editing, which the lady's been editing stuff forever. But just I'm being able part. to do that, and just when I hear that now, again, I think of. I think of De Niro in that scene and they he's, do such a great job of it.
0: He's the best at creating a soundtrack. Who's the best score maker in the business right now?
1: Like, we talking about like Trent Reznor?
2: Like, who sure. actually creates? Like, creates scores,
0: yeah. We, we're also including
1: Reznor. the Hans Zimmer as we're talking about the John Williams and all that stuff.
0: Because I think it's, when I talk about movies and I, I rarely talk about scores because a lot of people don't get, yeah. like, the impact of scores but scores are so so big for me, like when I to movies, like that's why Clint Eastwood's also one of my favorites, like it's he's close. excellent because he makes his own scores, he'll so sing cool. on his own scores. Um, Christopher Nolan uses who I think is the best in the business, Hans Zimmer, he to is. create his scores. Um, and I think it's such an important part of the movie that a lot of people don't realize because yeah. it does create a tone and a mood in a movie. And
1: I would argue it's, it's, Equal to a lot of other things. Well, I think it's
0: equal to cinematography. Like yeah. I just think they're kind of like in line. Right? Yeah. I think it's like it's cinematography <laughs> yeah. and a score. Like I think they're right there.
1: And that's where Baby Driver, to me, is one that I adore for the fact that the sound editing and the way that every moment, yes. the way that the way that Edgar Wright put it together was that every moment that was happening, every gunshot, every door slam, yeah. every everything, time is on so a beat perfectly with what was going on with the song that he chose, and he was choosing songs from, you know, yep. real life songs. He didn't really have really ambiatic, you know, the uh, music and stuff. But it was so perfect.
0: It's, it's crazy that Kevin which,
1: Spacey's character in that movie is atrocious. I didn't care for him in that game. He, he was just, are we just
0: sad. saying this because he's getting killed out there no, right now? No, I love,
1: like, straight up. <laughs> he was whatever. He promised. was whatever. I felt he was more like, I've seen him in House of Cards. He's done that role better yeah. in House of Cards. Yeah. So I just saw him as that. I love John Hamm in that though. Well, I just love John Hamm. John Hamm's <laughs> awesome. He should be Batman. I'm just putting it on. But John you. Hamm Batman. was like overacted in that.
0: It was like, is it a co- comedic role? Is it? Well, John Hamm <laughs> has those moments. Like have you ever seen Mad Men? Oh, yeah. Like John Hamm has those moments in that show. No. He's not like his <laughs> character as John Draper is like one of my favorite characters ever on television, but John I mean, Hammond, the town, words. was like... What's that? John Hammond, the, ta- the, the town. The town in general was a phenomenal... Wow, movie. you yeah. know my in love the for the town. town. Yeah. You know my love for Ben Boston. Affleck when he, yes, when he just directs. When he just right. directs. Yeah, yeah. I love him. And we all know who now wrote Good Will Hunting. It was Ben Affleck. Like, I, yeah. Matt, I, would, I would agree with that. Like, Ben, Dave, Matt Damon, like, we've seen how he portrays Boston and how much he loves Boston. It's 100% Ben Affleck who wrote that. Well, I, don't, I
2: don't know who it was. Ben Affleck has never came out and said, oh yeah, that was yeah. my little cousin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but when I actually
2: think Ben Affleck's career is going to rise and rise and rise, and I think Matt Damon's is going to fall and fall and fall.
0: Uh, I think they're going to have this. From same a sheer
2: shirt. talent point
0: of view, I actually, that's not how it started. I think to Matt me. Damon's a better actor than Ben Affleck. You think so. Like, I don't I think did, Ben I Affleck's did, a bit, think, like, I don't, he should not, like, was he nominated for an Oscar for, um, what's the movie he just made that just won? Where they're all, Argo. A, Argo. He did what, yeah. He did, did he win. get nominated? Yeah. He did not deserve to be nominated. Like, I just, Actually, no, he was, was not amazing in that movie. Win. One director. One director. And, director. and picture. Yeah.
2: Actually, ah, uh, yeah, you're, maybe you I, what has Matt Damon done in the last, like, The
1: Martian was the last one that he was really, really. Yeah, I thought of?
0: Martian was, like, I thought he was awesome in that
1: movie. He, that was a, that was a great movie and yeah. he was great for it. He was it. great in that movie. It was almost like, yeah, and I think it. He was
0: meant for it. Yeah, like, exactly. he was meant for
1: it. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one though. Um, cause Matt Damon is kind of, He had his little thing in Thor Ragnarok, which I adored to to no end. I thought that was the best thing ever where he was, and he was Loki, which I thought was hilarious. He did downsizing, which I don't think did very well. No. Um, and I didn't, I didn't actually see it. It looked interesting. I I was actually interested in watching it, but I didn't end up seeing it. But I think once Affleck gets, I think Affleck just needs to get out of the DC world. He's been bogged down with too much Batman controversy. Is he, isn't he all of that stuff? And then once he gets back to knowing what he, what, doing what he can do, which is, he is a good actor, he's a great writer, and he's a great director. Great director. And I think all of those, but I don't think in the, like, I think writing and directing great. Don't write, direct, and act, but he's done well in all three as well. the right? well, so best he picture. Like so, I, 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 tough I, to I am
0: downplaying a guy that, I, I have to stress, he is good at what he does and he's yeah. done great things. I still think he can act.
2: Like, be- at the end of the day, though, like, I'm looking at the last five years, and Matt Damon, I don't know if he's in any of my top even 30 movies of the last five years, but, like, Ben Affleck is holding Gone Girl, The Accountant, Argo, like, he is in the game and only growing. Gone Baby Gone? The town? Gone gone,
0: like, the town gone. Well, Gone Baby Gone is absolutely amazing. It's, Ed Harris in that movie, for me, was yeah. just... He's just everything. Like, he's so good in that movie. Ed Harris
1: is one of those guys that people don't remember.
0: You know what I didn't
2: like about Gone Baby Gone? A little spoiler alert? Don't make Morgan Freeman the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare but at like, the end. But that's why he did it, because... It was so heartbreaking know, that it was more and, and it like was for the right, right reasons. Uh, but you can't I uh, oh, sorry I gotta get rid of this bug. The, oh, that that was, figured, it was so great.
0: great it was like you felt like Casey Affleck's pain. You're like, yeah, I yeah, get yeah, why yeah. you're doing it. It's like but I should have done
1: I think Matt Damon will remain Matt Damon as he is now for a very long time yeah. until he gets to that point where he makes that one movie that ends up putting him. You know, up top.
0: I like to call like, that the Bill Murray, the Bill Murray way. Yeah.
1: I can see that. Yeah. Uh, he'll pop in here and there. He'll do what he needs to do. I honestly think that Ben Affleck will hit a stride on the directing. I think he's going to start. Matt Damon will? Uh,
0: no, Demon Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, ben Affleck, ben, yeah. Affleck sorry.
1: ben Affleck will end up going up and yep. he will, I think he'll focus more on his directing and his writing, which yeah. I hope he does. Yeah. And who knows? In 10 years, we could be having that conversation while Nolan is still crushing it and he'll be like a Scorsese where he's been doing this for However many years. Before he actually
0: gets a statue.
1: Before he actually gets a statue. And, uh, you might have one of that, like, Scorsese did for Departed, which I'd still say, yeah, sure, give him the thing for Departed, but you should have gotten it for many other films before that, right? <laughs> like, right. the up and comers
2: that are gonna take over the world. Jake Gyllenhaal. Ryan Gosling.
0: In terms of
2: acting, right? Yes, yeah, sorry, I'm not talking about producing, uh, or, or anything right, else. Like, I'm, I'm talking
1: new, about uh, the new uh, age of
0: directors is already here. Yeah. Like Diolmo Del Toro, I don't know he's not new, but not like he's starting to get his love now.
1: He's getting back into it, especially yeah. *The
0: Shape of Water*. That in your to... Jake Master. Gyllenhaal though, come on, that's robbed for night-
1: *Nightcrawler*. The fact that he never got nominated for who's nominated that year? Robbed. I don't remember. I don't. Well, care. Was that the year that they gave Leo his? Just said like, this is your movie. Like, here you go. Is that the year? Maybe. And I don't it's mind not like that he was Osman awesome nominated. I, I, so I don't mind the fact that he got that for *The Revenant* and all the money work they got. But I, I, Jake Chillin i on, Rob, so I'm with yeah. you 100%. I, I think he is. He's one he of the most versatile in Well, it's
2: just like, he doesn't do bad movies. No. I think there's one called Rendition, I think, that is just okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, what, well, code, what was source, source code? code? Like, so, Bro, good. so underrated. But, like, it's that, that, so that's good. That's when you know an actor's good, when he does so many good movies that you forget. You, you haven't even watched yeah, all the good movies. Like, so that good. was me and Denzel eight years ago. I was like, whoa, deja vu.
1: Where did this come from? Oh, this is amazing. He's so <laughs> under the radar too. And then he comes in and hits, but Nightcrawler for me is probably my favorite thing he's ever done. Yeah. That movie was just. Monker is crazy. His transformation in that was just incredible.
0: It surprised me like how good that movie was. And it was that good because of him. I I
1: totally agree. You know that in that movie, and
2: maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but is there there a character that you fall in love with in Nightcrawler? Only his driver. But see, do you? Because he's absolutely, he's got the intelligence of like, I I was gonna say, he is the only exception. But at the end of of the the day, he's, yeah. That's but okay. even during the movie, you're like, this guy's so unintelligent. I can't, yeah, he's I not know.
0: endearing to me. I'm not sure if it was you, Jim, or you, G, that talked, we talked about this. And it was like, it's funny because like, his character is technically the protagonist, but he's actually yeah. the antagonist. 100%. 100%. He's the antagonist. Even,
2: uh, who's the journalist? Renee uh, Rene Russo. She
0: Rousseau. is like, She's she
2: the enabler. Be, <laughs> <laughs> like, she's you the hire enabler. Her, but you're kind of like, no, 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 you are scum as a character. And then she has, and then she has that guy who's like the angel over her shoulder. That's always like, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. I don't know the actress name, but you love him, but then you're like, but you're one of those guys that would have told on us in gym class. So, like, I don't like you either. <laughs> but I, so, throughout Nightcrawler, there's not a character that you're like, and even um Bill Paxton, the other, you're like, nah, sleazy. you're sleazy, man.
1: Like, give me, there's not one character I enjoy. It's funny because I think it's just I, a movie
0: uh, that craps on the media.
1: And, uh. and I also think it's a movie about villains. Oh, yeah. It, it, it could, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't need the protagonist. It just needs uh, the villain, the protagonist, maybe, if you're really going Deep into it is the public that is eating up this media, yeah. and they're the ones that are going into it because Rene Russo didn't turn until he showed up. She was like that before, but she, he ended up pushing her even further, right? Which further. is evident in that last scene when they're when she's like, "This is the greatest thing we've ever seen," or whatever. She now has somebody that justifies her pushing it even further, further because he'll I mean, go there. You
0: thats exactly—and you might be right. Like a movie doesn't always need a good protagonist, but it always needs a good antagonist. It, like, needs, it, it yeah. needs a good antagonist because you need somebody to hate. Like, and it, and they it. won.
1: And realistically, the way it ends, the bad guys win. Yeah. yeah. Really. So. Yeah. Crazy. Because they do. <laughs> but you were going, you said Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, Ryan Gosling. But, I, th- I just think yeah. those two are... Yeah. But like, they I think are, they're already
0: here.
2: They are here, but I just think that they have not hit full potential. Like, I think Jake Gyllenhaal is... Actually, going to be an actor of our time, one hundred percent. By the time he's in his like f- like late forties, we're gonna be like, oh wow. Because we saw top, him come up,
0: yeah. and
1: he is nonstop. His body
0: work already is so
1: good. Like, yeah. well, think about think about the people now that are that grew up with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. yeah. Now they're looking at him now and like, well, we knew him way back yeah. when. Yeah. So we could have these guys that are now like they're they're at the top, right? But you know, you get your big guys like your Clint Eastwood. Me, one of my personal all time favorites, Paul Newman. Oh, right. I adore Paul Newman. I think mean, everything he's ever done yeah, and like the the hustler is one of my favorite I was movies just about to times. say the hustler. Right? I like that that and I mean he was amazing in Color and Money, he's been yeah. amazing in everything he does. Butch Cassidy, yeah. all that stuff, right? So every, all of that or sorry, not Butch Cassidy. Yeah, Butch Cassidy. Yeah, Butch like Cassidy with Robert. Uh but I yeah, I agree with you. I think those are the guys that are under the yeah. radar and then they're all gonna end up being those guys that are gonna have a longevity in the in well, I look I at the
0: gossip.
1: I look at youth Okay, um, he's convincing
2: in every one of his roles. Is he? he knows how to play the Hollywood game.
0: He- See, that's what I think it is. I think Ryan Gosling is just like there's an actor's actor, yep. DDL actor's actor, right? Like the guy, the guy yeah. just knows how to act. Like that's what he does. Like Meryl Streep too. Meryl, Meryl Streep is just like boom. Tom Hanks. Yep. I think Ryan Gosling is a Hollywood actor. And he's a Hollywood actor because I think a lot of the roles that Ryan Gosling does, he's really good at picking them. He makes sure he picks the right roles. He's really good at that. Yep. Crazy Stupid Love. I couldn't see anybody else doing that except for Ryan Gosling. Because it is Ryan Gosling. He's Ryan Gosling in that movie. And I think a lot of his movies, he kind of is the same. He's yeah. he's kind of like when he's sad Ryan Gosling, he's always sad Ryan Gosling. It's like he's it's the same kind of I don't think he's very versatile.
1: Except for his uh, little stint on Breaker High back in the day. Nah, 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 (laughs) nah, nah, nah. Hey, hey, (laughs) hey, I know Breaker High. (laughs) Uh, I would put Tom Hardy in that list. Oh, for sure. I would definitely put Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy, uh, again, same kind of thing. Versatility, though, for Tom? I don't think he's he's stretched it as much, but I think he picks the right roles. Mm -hmm. And whenever, when Tom Hardy said he's going to do the Venom movie, and I'm a huge, again, huge Spider-Man guy. I'm so excited for this. Because he's doing it, and that means he believes in the project. He's read the script and he loves the script. Yeah, fair. So when someone does a movie like at his caliber, and there are those actors that are very selective, you know it's going to be good.
0: I still worry that Marvel's because not doing it. it. I still, still worry that what? Marvel's not doing it. Like any any superhero movie right now that's being made and that Marvel's not making, I worry about.
1: It's tough. Though. They I get mean, it. There's there's even talks of DC going to Marvel, like the, their characters. Like Warner Bros. draw, like, sending them over there. And well, that's what, with,
0: that's what Fox did. That's so what Fox did. they did, yeah.
1: And they, they've even pushed back two of their other movies. But, uh, yeah. Actors for you that you think are going to be in that? The Jake Gyllenhaal
0: one you nailed right on the head. How like, JGL, Joseph Gordon Levitt? Uh, JGL's definitely in there as well. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we have to talk about a guy like Eddie Redmayne. Um,
1: yeah, he's. Good. I think he's going to be one of the. Yeah, I think he's going to be like a Daniel Day Lewis. I
0: I think he kind of is already on that pathway. You yeah. going to give me some Cumberbatch over here? Is that oh, what you're going to give me? Cumberbatch is also excellent. The Brits know how to act. They, like anything on BBC they just is amazing. <laughs> like you name a Brit that's like in the game right now, and they're all really good. Um, we're talking about actors. But why but, do we? Okay, why
2: do we only look at roles like when a man plays a woman, when a woman plays a lesbian? When someone has to play someone who's handicapped, those like extreme roles when you have to mimic a uh, a biopic character, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's when we give people credit, but we don't give consistency, um, likability, simple things the credit. Like I get it, Redmayne played a woman, or is that what he did?
1: Well, he was uh, in he the played, Danish girl. He won he for was,
0: did he win for the Danish girl, or did he win for Theory of Everything? He. I'm pretty sure he won for theory of everything. I think just, it was theory of everything that yeah. he won for. And I know uh, what you're
2: saying. It's almost like, um. Well, I think it's
0: partly, I think it's harder to act like somebody or take something on than it is to yeah. create your own. Is it? I think so. It's harder to act like someone else than to create your I own. I think so because people are going to critique you more on acting like somebody than they are somebody you created. I put Christian Bale in that role. I, one of my favorite Oh, he, yeah, I think he's already there. Yeah. My, I think my
1: favorite here. movie, uh, one of my favorite roles he's ever done is in The Fighter. 100%. I adore The Fighter. Um, I love Rocky One. I love Creed, but something about the fighter. And that was my favorite role for Mark Wahlberg, too. But in terms of Christian Bale, I look at it where what he had to do in that and the behind the scenes stuff where, you know, the real life sisters couldn't tell the difference between their actual brother and Christian Bale. I think it's very difficult to do it and not do it in a caricature way and not do and do it in a way that uh, is real. There are some people that do, you know, certain roles that they kind of go over the top and it's almost insulting. Yep. And there's a very fine line when it comes to that. A hundred percent. But I mean, at the same time, you, you look at some Oscar bait movies, they play on those tropes.
0: Yeah. I think. And I think like people who, I think for like winning, it's just like, like we were talking about in our group chat, like the NBA MVP chat. It's like, it's not about actually who is the best. A lot of it has to the do narrative. with narrative. Like it's that's narrative. what it is, right? It's, it's like that's why Christian Bale is,
2: is there, though. Like, I think that's a great call, but I
1: would almost put him. Like, I'm looking for young up and comers
0: that will be
2: the
1: future Fass. Christian Bales. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, because he was there and he's been around for a long time.
0: You could put Michael
1: Fassbender in that list. Generally. Oh, I yeah, know. he's I yeah. love Michael Fassbender. He's there. he's there too. Have you ever seen um Frank? I have. I love that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Oh, take a look at it. The I don't understand how he did it, but the fact that he was able to emote. With it's this weird. giant head. It's weird. It's so weird. Yeah, like that's the only way you can put it. And he emotes through it. There's no face, anything.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a fun and, movie. And, and,
1: and everybody around him. And then just the way that it ends. And it, it's,
0: it's definitely worth checking. out. It is worth checking out. It's a fun movie. Yeah, and it's heartbreaking.
1: Gentlemen, closing arguments. Closing, closing topics. Wow. Well, like, okay. Where are we We're at? An hour fifteen. We can live like out. Denzel Washington's the goat. What? He's Ddl he, is the goat. Ddl, I think. I
2: think we he wrote, doesn't okay, have okay. a repertoire that is big enough for me to say. Oh, pound for pound, yeah. we, Like roles
0: per Oscar. If yeah, you put really like, it that way, it's really tough to to consider. I that should have to name role. Gangs of New York, which he got snubbed, he should have won for that movie. I him vividly. as Butcher Bill is truly the defining moment of me, where I was like, "This is active. Goal. I actually liked."
1: is, uh, Bill the Butcher than I did, or Butcher Bill than I did, uh, his role in There Will Be Blood. Oh, 100%. I feel, oh, yeah. oh, I feel There Will Be Blood is a little overrated. Oh, I still consider it, I it's, uh, I, I still think it's a great movie, but yeah. I still think it's a little bit overrated because a lot of, like, there is a, there's a great story and everything, but it really doesn't come to a head until that milkshake moment. Yeah. And I... that's where everything kind of comes to it. <laughs> and I understand the battle back and forth. <laughs> All the acting is great across the board. The opening for that. Is, the but first 20 amazing. minutes, there's no dialogue. It's a, But it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. so powerful. Yeah, He's able to do that. But it's Bill the Butcher.
2: Daniel Day oh. is so predictable for you to say. No, it, of course, he's, he's a stage actor. actor. Uh, but
0: like, he's a, it's because it's the truth. What do you want me to it's do? you want to lie?
1: It's tough to argue that. It's like if you're talking sports and you bring up like Tom Brady, it's like, check the rings you know you're talking to Michael Jordan where he's like holding like a handful of rings kind of thing like it's like I'm I'm hanging out with Denzel all day if I'm doing a movie I'm picking Denzel
0: over Daniel Day there's no shade on Denzel I love me some Denzel okay hold on if
1: if Denzel opens a movie and Daniel Day open a movie same weekend which one are you going I'm going to Denzel I'm going to Denzel Denzel too. so that's
2: what are we talking about here
0: I can watch a DDL movie At home, I'd actually prefer to watch a DDL movie at home in on my couch. Do my thing. Got some food, and I'm watching it because DDL. You and it's not flashy. It's like you're making a connection. Yeah. Whereas like a Denzel movie is like I'm pro- I might be on a fucking train or oh, sorry yeah. I might be on a train and he's on top of it and I'm watching him try to save it like and yeah, I he does it better than anybody <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see that in theaters I get unstoppable. that unstoppable I'm not saying you like, like yeah. his movies I'm just saying DDL is the goat
1: I will uh, yeah and and it's Check it, the that's rings. that's a t- that's a tough thing that's a big thing to talk about right because I would go to Denzel yeah and to my dying day I I think I I don't think there's a Denzel movie that I don't like or a role that I don't like. No. I will still always take Training Day as his, as his best role. That's his best his, role, hey. His for me, he he's done phenomenal stuff. But I I don't know if it was a combination of when Training Day hit for me mm-hmm. and seeing Denzel like not a bad not, guy, not Malcolm X, yeah, you know, like not not his previous, like not being Daniel like him, like not from Philadelphia, yeah. not all that those roles and stuff, not John Q, yeah. all that stuff, and his Alonzo is just. Amazing. There, there is something there on almost a Keith Ledger Joker. Yeah, it's like, thing. the guy that's the always simplistic. It, that's the beauty of it. He's always I mean, been a
2: good
0: guy. And like, when he went bad, like, nobody did that. And the, the way
1: he was. did it too, like, he's been doing it forever. It's <laughs> yeah. almost like he's been fooling everybody playing the nice guy, and he's, he's been this guy his entire yeah. life, right? Mm-hmm. Which obviously isn't the case. And, and, and just that, like, it's, and it's those nuances in it too. It's the, the eyes. It's the laughs. It's the his laugh. Yeah. The way he's, like, when he was sitting there when the, the, tra- that first transaction's going and he's just like, <laughs> like, those little, those little nuances yeah. and stuff. And no one in the, that's Denzel. That's Denzel. And no one in the world can say, you're in the office, baby, flip the switch. Still Dre going and the, and ride off like he could. What, yeah, yeah. the way I look
2: at any movie that is brilliantly played by a great actor is if you replace that actor with somebody else, yeah. could, yeah. could it have worked? That's, that's, yeah. that's, the that's that way. is such a great example of you can't take Denzel out of training day and that movie is significantly worse because of that. Yeah, yeah. You can't get to buy the numbers.
0: Yeah. Right? You say that about DDL too, though. Yeah, like that, well, for he, sure you could. Nobody could do those roles the way yeah, they Definitely.
1: Ones. Uh, Streep is the same thing. I, th- I would say Fastbender as well yep. is on there. Jill Hall as well. And I think because they're so different. Like when you see Fastbender, you see Fastbender. Yep. He's so, like, you, you, he's so recognizable. He, he doesn't get lost in a crowd and these actors carry a presence that doesn't get lost. Right. The gravitas. Like, Who say that, gravitas? You? Yeah. Gravitas. I use that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they have that. And, and that, that's to your point, right? Like, you take somebody out of it, can they do the same thing? Can, can that movie just keep going, Some right? Some people carry movies. And, and that's the Well, thing. that was the argument against
2: Leonardo DiCaprio for years. It's yeah. like, yeah, he, he deserves an Oscar because he always plays great roles. Yeah. But there's not many roles where I believe you couldn't replace him with someone.
0: Back I, with, and I think, the, I, you know what? And I'll agree with a lot of those movies, except for the AVU.
1: Because
0: yeah. I think he played that role like nobody could have. Like, he just Matt. nails that role. He should have won. He's A&E. amazing. He, he should have won. A&E.
2: There is going to come a time where we look at DiCaprio and go, he may be the GOAT. <laughs> I'm telling you right yeah, now. He may be the GOAT, depending on what he does in
0: the second half of his life. Yeah. It depends on what he does from here on out. But
1: And, that's, and, I, and I think he's going to be one of those, again, selective guys. He will be in that... There are the actors that we see all the time, and then there's going to be these guys.
0: Oh, yeah. He's there already. Right. There, like, there, Leo's uh, right. Yeah, there, and he learned that
1: early oh, in his career. Yeah. Very important thing, especially when you pick the right scripts with the right directors. That's what brings it out. Well, he's the to best. To be guy. at his age to work for a James Cameron which we never really talked about, James Cameron in the uprush. Oh, we should. But, have. But I, Spielberg uh, Cameron, we could go, we, we could go, go for days, days, right? days on it. Um, Damn but, it. but hitting that early with that type of director and bringing that out of him. and an actress like Kate Winslet, who I also put in the Meryl Streep. She's, the, like, she's there, the life of Dave. there, baby.
0: I, I, put her, I put her up she's there. She's like, she's pretty close to my favorite actress. Like, I, I love her. I,
1: and the, and the only thing out of, uh, I know, I don't know if we're going to have time to touch on it this time, but we will the next time. Jobs, oh. Kate Winslet is the only person that could outdo a fastbender in a scene. Oh. She is amazing. I oh, don't man. know if she did outdo him because when I look at that, it's Fastbender's incredible. He's so good. And that movie is incredible. But Winslet, she's,
0: right to his face. Well, she's never bad. Like mm. i like she's the the movie The Reader. You ever seen the movie The Reader? Yeah. It's what she wanted her first off, her first and only Oscar yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, she's just excellent. Like, she just lives those roles. Like, for everything from her body yeah. to, it's just, she's yeah. the best. And, she's and when
1: self. you, and when you look at those actresses that are gonna get there, I don't see a Jennifer Lawrence getting there. I honestly don't. I don't. Um,
0: I think her roles are very specific. Like, yeah, she's a great I, actress for a specific role.
1: For specific stuff. I will always defend her in, um, Silver Lining. Love she's that movie. In that she's She's incredible in right. that, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, Kate Winslet is in that. Yeah. She's gonna be our, she's gonna be our next, uh, like, Helen Mirren, uh, our next, uh, Meryl Streep, Dame Judy Jen, Judy Dench, like, Dame Judy Dench. Isn't it Dame Helen Mirren now? Dame Helen Mirren too, like, all, uh, like, like, for, for female actresses. Yeah. Kate even- Blanchett's already there. Oh, she's, 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 she's above, a top well. she's above Kate Winslet. And would, Kate Winslet's getting so to Kate Blanchett's. I would right. say so too.
0: She just, Nicole, yeah. are you put Nicole
1: Kidman in Nicole there. Nicole Kidman's up there. Yeah. We didn't
0: talk about up and coming, like, young actresses. We will. We we'll will. We'll for ready.
1: sure. Gentlemen, thank you so much for Thank you. This. this was
0: fun. This on, is... on
1: episode two of
2: Jim, G, and H, yeah. uh, the F word, we will be discussing the difference between jobs, the social network, and the founder. Because oh, I love-
1: That's happening. Biopics, yeah. Biopics. That's and a good specifically idea. You brought those, that up, yeah. Specifically those three. Yeah. I think would be awesome. But yeah, Jim, Hannick, you guys are awesome. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much. much. Yeah. This is gonna be a, a recurring thing. Um, again, you can find this. I mean, you're already listening to it, but we'll put it on, uh, the entertain facts page on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at the F G. Uh, gentlemen, anything that you can plug for any, whatever, whatever you have going on that you can, that you want to.
2: You I'm, know what? Just, this is going just, on to I like want, wherever.
1: So who knows? I like guess if you
2: listen to this, I want you to have a hot bath tonight. I want you to get into comfortable pajamas. I want you to get under a blanket and I want you to watch
0: Inception and really absorb that in
1: wow final final comments hennick
0: um interstellar is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs>
1: jim hennick and g and we're out